hello everybody welcome back to black girl couch reviews i'm your host christina so excited to talk about why the last man season one episode three entitled neil the teleplay by kate egerton directed by daisy von scheller mayer i gave this episode another 10 out of 10 it got spicy it got spicy real quick <laughs> Uh, as I expected, and oh my, the end, those last three minutes, <laughs> I've been waiting, I've been waiting for those who did not know why I love this show, or this comic, and the show, so much. Agent 355 is my top, is she in my top five, uh, if not number one? female character written in a comic book ever she is my queen <laughs> because michonne in the comics i didn't like her as much as michonne in the television show actually didn't like her quite at all she's a totally different person but agent 355 Ooh, Mm-mm. she made me kept turning them pages because she's something else. And they doing the thing with her in this show. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And I love the actress that is playing her. I wondered about her and York's dynamic. And it occurred in this episode. And it was everything. The aesthetic of the pages. I was just in, in fangirl heaven. Their dynamic pushes a lot of the story in the comics. So... I've been giddy. I've been waiting for this moment. It finally occurred. I got it very briefly in the second episode. But this delivered and now we're setting up the conflict. And man, did things escalate rather quickly. As they usually do in these types of situations as you watch different people emerge. We start the episode with Nora and her daughter. They get back to a place they've been staying with several other women and their children. She admits that she didn't get anywhere with her trek to the White House and hears that without power and once the snow melts without water or food, tough decisions will have to be made as a group. And as a group, when she was away, it was decided since she brings nothing to the table that they will be leaving somewhere without her. My world is crumbling around me. This episode was very well directed. The ominous music showing her face was absolutely terrifying. I've been waiting for a certain character to emerge. And I'm glad that I can see who that character is going to be. <laughs> it's not who I was expecting. So that's why I didn't, when I was reading the cast list, I wasn't. They definitely made some changes. But I'm glad for those changes. Because I do think it's more relevant. And they found a very ingenious way to build the connection. And it definitely feels as if the Karens and the white feminists of the world. Because <laughs> Karens aren't always white feminists. But nine times out of ten they are. When people are afraid in general, hungry, without answers. They seek someone or something to blame. And right now... That is the government as they protest outside with signs calling them liars. Without a, any better 
future on the horizon this is only the beginning of eventual anarchy there's four billion people dead and a lot of people are going to suffer in the aftermath of that agent 355 and the two pilots are kept under lock and key to keep york alive and a secret something she thinks president brown can keep secret though the pilots are skeptical myself included this is a powder keg and the women don't seem inclined to be the type to keep mum seeing as they half believe it looks rather like a conspiracy to them we've definitely seen this in our current times right and it doesn't matter what the truth is the narrative will readily be believed look at the people my sister included that still value science from discredited sources that don't vaccinate their children and apparently there is someone that's going to be feeling the role and i can see why the split where the split faction is going to be and how kim falls into it i think will be very interesting mother and son share a bed and of course ampersand is out of his cage as soon as york opens his eyeballs and gets to the door he sneaks his little ass out i want to break free and the man that shouldn't be seen is on the loose why indeed this is the last man and i'm sure a lot of women were asking that question <laughs> or at least the women that are aware of yorick marla sees something outside her room and merely misses seeing yorick with jennifer waking and finding her son missing so she signals agent 355 i like the setup here because it did seem as if 355 was locked in the room with the ladies but she's the one actually keeping the ladies <laughs> locked up but because she's in the room with them she gives them the idea of camaraderie it's a great follow-up to last episode when she was watching the pilots and realizing they were going to be a problem and then you see that as she just listens to them devolve because she's built a rapport with them so barnes is already demanding to be explained to why he out of all the men the four billion men survived the simmering anger and the feeling of betrayal and resentment you can already see it manifesting in her at the thought of york being alive agent 355 is in a prize of york gone missing as the man himself finds the memorial shrine to the men lost including himself marla is on a mission far more fierce than warranted but comes face to face with yorick and his what is it called i don't want to say monkey but <laughs> but he disappears just as suddenly when agent 355 and jennifer find her convincing her she's confused now it's like oh great now this is fuel for the fire if it gets out and perfect ammunition for her already itching political rival kimberly whose mission is to bring back men and to stand for their legacies agent 355 assures she will take care of any footage of york in the building as the man child bounces back and forth over how upsetting it is that he saw a whole bunch of dead men at their desk unburied like they weren't doing the best they could to take care of the bodies that they can 
Yorick is officially told he's the only male on Earth with a Y chromosome. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. And I don't think he allows himself to really think about that. There is a moment where it rather hits, but it's not as profoundly. He's not outwardly. He makes a lot of jokes. Very appropriate of Yorick, the character, as we learn more about him. But you have to think how hard that is for him. While everyone else lost half of the species, all the men, he lost his entire species. <laughs> I mean, I guess he has the other, you know, women, but women have women. There is no one else in which he will ever feel that certain male bond, familiarity. And now he's the only one that can procreate in the rest of the species as well. So <laughs> even though they did talk about the sperm cells being possibly viable in the future, and maybe they can create some type of antidote for the next generation if they are able to be salvaged. She feels really guilty that she didn't send anyone to search for him, but he's like, yeah, you thought I was dead. Why wouldn't you think I wasn't dead? They discuss Hero, who is still missing, and they did loot her place three times. I expected after last episode that we were going to see Hero and Sam turn themselves into government reps, but it doesn't seem, it looks like at least a day has gone by and that hasn't occurred. So I wonder if something happened. Agent 355 is like, this is so awkward as he asks about Beth, who he now claims he is engaged to. Uh-huh, honey. He rewrote history, but he's holding on to the love of a woman. Something very simple. The thought of that future he had imagined. Apparently, there was a three-train pileup crash, but he thinks that she's in Cleveland. Oh, Lord. Cleveland is not where you want to be, ever. This place would go to shit town so quick. They discuss how dad died in a hotel as he chose to stay there instead of with her. Does he know about the marital problems that they were having? I bet he was with someone else. The way she turned away, I'm going to guess that he was with someone else. Anytime you're that eager for a divorce, you done found something you'd rather latch onto instead. Clearly, both mother and son are romantics committed to the end. Agent 355 tells Jennifer we have a problem with the pilots and stresses if anyone finds out he's here. With more people appearing every day, they can have a Russian situation. She has to leave and he asks what happened in Russia. So Agent 355 clearly, by the end of this episode, every time she had bringing up the pilot situation and Jennifer kept leaving, she knew exactly what she was telling her was gonna need to happen nora watches the women leave with her daughter understanding they were left despite the lies she tells as they have nothing of meaningful value she breaks a plant with little emotion i'm gonna start calling her 355 from here on hence instead of agent 355 either is good 
explains that in Russia they advertised the FSB that the Russian male leaders survived people stormed the Kremlin demanded to see them and now they've lost contact after it was overrun she watches in confusion as he puts fruit aside for amp the monkey I know what an ampersand is if you don't know what it is it's the sign standing in for and she looks at him stuffing his face and points out they were handing out food in new york but after the first time he didn't go back as it apparently didn't go well he wonders how mom got the top job she's not even republican out of everyone secretary abbott was next but she was from antigua aka black i like that they're bringing in that aspect of what would be happening right now because the white feminists would be drawing so many fucking lines especially because the resources are for those who are in power and they're not stupid they know that (laughs) which is why they don't like to be out of power that's a, a measure of wealth a measure of your place in the hierarchical society a feudal system is what's likely going to emerge from this tragedy it's it's inevitable regina oliver died and he says small miracles because she tried to bring her gun to a spin class she's an anti-government anti-vaxxer so i'm guessing because she's anti-government if the government doesn't want her she's probably just gonna turn against the government he's like wow speaker of house and president toss that off your bucket list what do you mean her visible slight disgust of his fascination with the dead people downstairs saying that's why it's sealed off why i mean it's not as if we're advertising this shit and not comprehending his mother is prioritizing the living and doesn't need to be told what to do by someone who has a mouth and no experience whatsoever (laughs) his name comes from yorick hamlet as his father was a shakespeare shakespeare i always want to say shakespeare is it spear or spear whatever professor she said they named you after a dead clown welcome to the rice fields motherfucker i laughed so long and so hard (laughs) because his face knows that he's been judged as inferior why so serious he really said a fellow of infinite jest and most excellent fancy trying to be cordial she's just flummoxed that this white privileged boy (laughs) or man child is the last man on on earth and that his mother pretty much allowed him to to blossom into this even though she knows the person that can keep the power grid online her name was sharon i believe left due to exhaustion and losing her children but jennifer wants to speak with her as everyone is under the same amount of pressures but everyone can't do what they have the capacity to do thus must step up in the face of adversity though i can't understand emotionally and i'm sure jennifer understands emotionally that she probably feels different but rationally she has to push so that they can help many more people it's also a good 
showing of why politicians are important in our society despite them not being skilled in maybe some of the most basic shit and yet we we elect them to run things because they understand the bigger picture on a 3d level and understand different moving parts in ways in which someone who has a certain job and a certain task you also need to be able to balance a certain amount of pressure and you have to have a certain amount of emotional intelligence for that but you see that it does affect her as jennifer is looking at the blood stains on the carpet she kind of gets disorientated a little bit during the meeting but she's still able to function and do her job christine is read in on the son situation and the monkey both being male she tells her to get a list of geneticists together the best of the best and it tends to bring them here but agent 355 is against it knowing this place is a fishbowl with 5,000 people and you got a secret too big to contain she employs her to utilize her to coordinate york safe traveling to a geneticist and also to kill those pilots i thought for five seconds she wasn't gonna kill those pilots and then <laughs> she proved i knew exactly who agent 355 was as soon as she got off the plane she's like y'all motherfuckers got to die she doesn't jennifer want to lose her son again who's overhearing the conversation she says whatever he has people are gonna want it and then in egypt and what did she say tell i'm not sure somewhere in israel regina survived the crash and takes all the men dying with grace with a grace that's chilling as she announces she is now the president of the united states I really worry about jennifer as she is surrounded by hornets 355 is right eventually someone is going to kick the nest and you even acknowledge things are going to get worse before they even get close to being better y'all haven't even went through the fire yet kimberly is in the daycare trying to recruit the vice president's wife who admits that i'm a homemaker and i don't know what you're talking about about how you would Kim would think that her mother really ran the country hand in hand with her father as if anyone or her father viewed her as equal in their eyes why do white women initiate contact you did not ask for upon a cursory meeting as if you friends this always happens to me and i'm like back the fuck off like why are you and then you try to make that little snide comment like i don't know what you're doing you ain't fooling nobody nobody that's when they can't stand me because they know i ain't for the shits uh she also inadvertently leaks info about her car game where she's clearly trying to find allies against jennifer she goes after this to meet with that vice president lady to complain that they are being sidelined and unrepresented believing her mother should be running things as the people voted for them i'm like bitch she even said it they voted for your father 
you're his daughter you riding his accomplishments like you did something but be blood related to wealth and prestige and power doesn't mean you automatically have power but that's exactly what they feel like daddy's little girl she's trying to push that the wives should uphold the men's values she's also turned into a klepto which happens with mental breakdowns she tells her the time will come the battle lines are being drawn she is just waiting for anything to get her like we should be in the room why you weren't elected to do shit Nora and her daughter go back to their home and I really feel bad for her her daughter sees crows attacking the wrapped up corpses of her father and brother in the backyard and falls breaking her leg she did break flesh prompting her to inquire if she got vaccinated on her last trip but she assures her that she did and the daughter wants to bury their family i would have thought they would have done that the first time i don't think that it was the neighbors that came by and wrapped them up in blankets but maybe it was maybe it was but why wouldn't they just bury them if they went through all that trouble but maybe they just didn't have time 355 was supposed to pick the best of the best and only chose one name dr allison mann due to the fact that she's independent all about the work and sure she took money from a nationalist uprising whatever but she's off the grid they were even talking about how they're in contact with the other scientists and she warns if any of them go dark it's going to be noticed agent 355 knows a lot about <laughs> a lot york thinks the universe has a weird sense of humor because you know dr man and despite christine and 355 disagreeing on the choice or the only choice being presented they do share the same look about the man child at his mom like who the fuck is this she is not secret service is she cia who the hell is she she's like give us the room jennifer asks what he wants to do but his selfish desire is to find beth things change significantly when the council well they have a little bit more conversation where he's like look i know you love me and think i'm special and you don't want to be an asshole and say it but i'm gonna say it i'm not the guy i'm weak look like i'm not even close to people with the the medals the soldiers someone anyone is better qualified to be the savior of humanity besides myself all i want to do is be a regular person you you got the shine man you're bomb.com i'm basically somewhat kind of a loser things change though when the council find out that a fringe nut job is now claiming to be the president the one republican in the room is like look the president um didn't know this was gonna happen but the one woman is like hey he did that to get the racist votes and you know it and now she's in the position to run the nation she said jesus wasn't vaccinated what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room 
is now dumber for having listened to it. I've heard people say that shit too. And even the lady's like, are you serious? <laughs> Do y'all know? I mean, religious aside, religion aside, whether you believe the Bible is 100% accurate or not. Do y'all know how many people died due to anti-vaccination versus vaccination? Does anyone look at history or the death rate or how many people died and raped in the name of Jesus if you want to bring him into the mix? Why are you like this? <laughs> and I want to feel as if it's, a, it's an American problem because we got the entitlement or the entitlement is allowed for that type of profound cult-like thinking to evolve evermore where it's fanatical versus rational everyone agrees she's the worst though and cannot be allowed to hold office with the white women Karen stopping through the halls actually finding time to get fake extensions and they put their face together demanding to regain their place of power now that they have a legitimate claim to anything but then reduces herself to a child and is told to grow the fuck up after they say we just found out we're not hiding anything from you we don't need to tell you like there is a, a the whole people in this building they're all there because of a sense of entitlement they had before the world collapsed and now they're going to want to hold on to that no matter what and I think that might also be a factor in the changing camps. Because, you know, they suck to be kicked off the island. <laughs> Jennifer, I mean, everything that's happening right now is because people are being cordial still. But once the, the mittens come off, and I think that in this episode, the mittens definitely came off for Jennifer who finally agrees to have 355 take him to Boston, where it's reported really bad. But she knows she's a one-man army, though Yurik is still pushing for Ohio in denial of his situation. Even though he admitted to his mom he's not the person. She's like, you're it, kiddo. I love how the women continue to speak as if Yurik wasn't speaking. Doesn't feel good, does it? 355 goes to... The pilots, and I was not expecting this scene. This definitely took me for a loop. As she rewards them a purple heart or gold medal, I don't know. It seemed like it impressed them for their behavior. Then she inflates their ego with the idea that they are entrusted with an important mission to protect Yorick, to save humanity for the president. It's the most important thing that's ever going to happen to you. They're immediately run one over because they're patriotic, of course. Christine interrupts the tearful goodbye and still doesn't get an answer about 355. York doesn't. Like, seriously, where, where does she work for? He even tried to say she might be a spy to get her to open up about anything. She's like, no. She answers to me. That's <laughs> all you need to know. Agent 355 promises to keep him safe as she is given a secure channel to talk to Jennifer alone. Nora leaves the bodies for the vultures. Oh, the metaphors. She and her daughter are leaving on E. So they're, again, the metaphors are pretty much as low as they can be. 
and briefly for a moment there's hope as they hear a song playing by i believe dolly parton on the radio so somewhere there is power i'm sure backup generators there are other ways to generate power other than electricity just gotta get in the book and start reading about it it can be generated by power maybe look for places that have a power dam 355 casually mentioned she was a supply pilot after she gets Yorick to get into the bin with the dead people because that's the only place where they're just gonna let people go in and out without all the security clearance he tries to balk and then she's like look they're gonna kill your mom (laughs) get the fuck in here stop playing games and stop acting like this ain't huge and that I thought that was weird when she brought it up because she's like oh you're a pilot oh yeah i just did supply runs in iraq no big deal and they kind of give her a weird look and then she's like thank you and then everything kind of goes on and i didn't know even then like oh duh now in hindsight she's trying to make sure they're not on to the fact that you know she put a bomb on that plane jennifer shows why she is a good politician as they speak with sharon i'm glad this was a black woman she empathizes with her loss of with the loss of her children even though she hasn't lost both her children still feels like it to her in a lot of ways they're not safe that's for damn sure and it is it's not even that i understand your loss because i lost too it's more like i remember when my children were those ages you know they're so independent they used to want my help all the time and look i wanted the power to help people and now that i can do it it's shit because politicians aren't needed people like you are needed because you went to work day after day being the only woman in the room you're a pioneer and it convinces her to come back to work kim interrupts and makes a mock apology when she is worried about yurik so she comes to the memorial this whole scene uh then states how the women's love of their men inspire her who the fuck are you man she grabs her hand in passive in a passive aggressive manner brings up marla seeing her son of all people downstairs letting her know basically i caught the scent you can try to convince me otherwise but she's thoroughly going to be looking for every sign of her conspiracy so 355 definitely got him out of there just in time now i'm worried about christine because she asked can you trust her she's like uh yeah i can move on hopefully she can because pharrell pharrell i don't want to have jennifer i have to kill her (laughs) she's the only one left and my guess is they plan on keeping that woman from america hence the israeli part of the story if you're familiar with the comics with kim being the general on the front where they are it could go differently for Kim, but I definitely know where it's going to be going for the other one. Uh, I fucking forgot her name already. So her and Yorick in, are in one copter, and the other two women are in the other copter. And all of a sudden, that chopper just blows up. And then it crashes and explodes. You can't fuck with Queen York said what happened i don't know should we stop nope we should just keep on going 
and his face was like dawning realization like oh 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 my god <laughs> and i thought meet 355 bitches yes you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge she is hella out of york's league <laughs> and i love it i cannot wait i can't wait to meet allison i can't wait for ampersand to continue his shenanigans and i'm glad that we are officially on the trajectory where i expected it to be there are, are definitely a lot of changes to the comics that's been brought up i know i mentioned a few things briefly i know one of the things was that hero didn't kill anyone before <laughs> but i think that actually leads a lot to her character it actually feels more organic than what they gave her in the comic book and i'm not going to really spoil it. i'm not going to really go deep into it i don't remember every part of the comic but i do recall the broad strokes I am itching kind of to read it because, you know, it's, it's not that long of a read to get through the 10 issues. So that might be something I, if I have some time this weekend, I might flip on through. We do have feedback from Queen Shy who wants to talk about episodes one through three. So let's queue up the mailbag and hear what she has to say. <laughs> Christina is me shy. I am here to give my feedback for the first three episodes of why the last man um, yes uh, decided that um, it's better to just to do it all together. I did send you that one but I wasn't gonna be able to send you and of course I sent it at the last minute so um, or late I should say so I'm um, here to yeah talk about it. Um, as you know, I enjoyed the first three episodes that I ended up binge watching on Monday as soon as they came out. Um, I never heard of the comics before, so I was uh, definitely pleasantly surprised when I saw the trailer and more so when I saw the episode. So very, very stoked to see where this goes. And again, as always, I'm coming in this baby completely blind. Um, in regards to the characters or what the characters go through and what ends up happening, um, which is exciting. I mean, sometimes I wish I did have some information and some insight just so I can better follow along, but it doesn't seem to be too much of a complicated <laughs> plot or everything that's happening seems to be pretty straightforward to this point. Um, of course, I did listen to your first two podcasts and that actually got me more excited as well for some of the hints and little teases you were giving off in those um, in those podcasts. Um, I think I'll just go by character because um, I'm going to try to stay at 10 minutes instead of um, episode by episode. And of course, after this one, I'll obviously uh, have more in-depth things to say about the episodes. Um, but as for Yurik, um, I really enjoyed his character. I feel like he will have a lot of growth as the series continues, which I hope is beyond season one. Um, so I'm with you on that, Christina. <laughs> um, so he's going from this directionless, living off his parents type of guy to being the last man on earth. 
Um, and yeah, it's a lot. And we saw that, and I believe it was episode three, him struggling with that and um, the weight of that responsibility. So, you know, I can only imagine, especially since um, up until that point, he's been more of a free spirit kind of a guy. Um, I mean, I will say, you know, for all that, you know, he had going on and all the directionless stuff, he had a stable relationship um, with Beth. Beth. Sorry, can't even talk. Um, but of course, we saw that was uh, <laughs> went a little sideways uh, before everything went, you know, shit hit the fan. Um, and I will say, I agree with you as well, uh, Christina. I mean, I can only imagine because I have three boys. So obviously, my family would be wiped out if something like this were to happen. And I just, I mean, and that thing, and that way, I relate to Kimberly, and that's the only relating thing I have about me and Kimberly is that but yes I just I mean I try to just like how would how would I go about my day my life um and we saw in one uh the engineer lady um that um Jennifer uh Cong- or Miss President Madam President was trying to convince her to do something um because she lost her family and you know he she gave her the motivational speech so yeah, I mean, I I just it's like there's so many ways that and we're seeing of different ways that people are dealing with this traumatic event. So I thought that was I love seeing that as well. And so um, yeah, I'm not too you know Beth. I mean, we only got a little bit of Beth. Um, but yeah, you said it quite well in your podcast. It was um, <laughs> you know it's like you're just this boy toy kind of thing. I'm not t- and so I'm like. On the one hand, you know, it seems like York is taking the relationship more seriously than she was. She had, I mean, I'm sure she cared about him and loved him, but was she, I don't know if she saw him for the long haul. Uh, yeah, especially, you know, because they were just on two different um, wavelengths when it comes to their lives, the trajectory of their lives. He, she's all about stuff and he's kind of like, again, floating, on, floating along. And so, yeah, that's why I was like, when Hero was telling him, like, eh, I wouldn't do it if I were you. I was like, yeah, I'm with you on that one, Hero. You're just not in a position to be asking someone to marry you when you can't even pay your rent. But speaking of Hero, um, she's the older sister. And I will say as far as a career, I mean, she has her career, a stable career, but that's just about it in regards to her. So she's the opposite of Yurik. Um, she's directionless when it comes to her personal life. Um, she's, you know, uh, in a relationship with a married man, falling for that, that old line of, I'm gonna leave my wife, um, which, you know, I know deep down she didn't, she knew that wasn't the case. Um, and so of course she's having some issues with alcohol, drugs, or maybe just that one incident that, that, um, York was talking about, uh, caused her to, uh, be a part of that group, or I don't know if it's a long-standing issue, um, with her, um, she also has mommy issues, so hopefully we'll delve into that a little bit more, why she is, I mean, I'm sure it's the typical, you know, mom, successful mom wants more for her kids, and, you know, it's very, it's hard, maybe harder, it sounds, looks like she loves them, so they would love, but there's probably also a lot of pressure, and, you know, Hero not feeling like she can live up to the the standards or the pressure of whatever. So um, there's that.
We got um, Hero's friend Sam, who is a transgender male, and it looks like they depend on each other for moral and emotional support. And so that's going to be an interesting um, relationship to see going forward. Yeah. And then there's um, Jennifer or Madam President or however you want to call her. Um, she's their mom. So uh, she's trying to play the role of this happily married woman and, you know, got it together. But uh, she's as she <laughs> as we're seeing, you know, she, her children are going through what they're going through and her marriage is on the rocks and she's trying to you know play the or paint the picture of everything she's got it together when uh that's not the case now let's talk about agent 355 i am very intrigued by this character uh, i know you had to know that i was gonna love this character i want to know more about her backstory how she got to be in the position she's in um she's very intelligent um, jack of all trades you know common sense no nonsense yes yeah, so i'm definitely um and so i'm like i <laughs> when she was like we gotta keep going you know when uh that the helicopter i'm like i'm it just gives the impression that she has something to do with that and i get it it's like there, there's no way those um two pilots were going to keep quiet for very long and so they had to go so <laughs> that's what i mean it's like she's getting the job done it is no there's nothing personal sorry it's just business then we got kimberly as you so so accurately named her yes she's a karen trump wife however you want to say it um and i and i will say this i definitely uh was enjoying the the undertones of relating to our present situation or at least you know with our former president and how things were with that her father the president or the former president now yes a lot of similarities there but anyway so yes we have you know kimberly she's for sure um one to look out for because you know she tries to assert herself in everybody's business um but at the same time, I mean, hey, she's smart, quick on her feet. She's able to figure crap out um, on the fly. And so I would not underestimate her one bit because I don't see anything good happening with her being around. And I think you were hinting about that a little bit in one of your podcasts. But yes, I definitely see that for sure. And especially now that she's suspicious about Yurik, which I'm like, you know, I didn't think that was a far-fetched thing to say that oh the the mom marley was you know because she's not quite all there or seems like she's not quite all there and so you know i mean i didn't think that was out of the realm of possibilities that she was could have manifested or imagined something but of course what kimberly said was true why would she imagine yurik why not her father why not her brother it, you know that it was random that she would if she were to conjure up someone that it would be someone that she barely has any uh close ties to so i mean it did make sense that's what i mean she's really quick on her feet and able to uh put two and two together real quick so but yeah it looks like i'm not gonna make it so i'm gonna have to do a part two so um because i'm almost at 10 minutes and i ain't done yet so sorry you have to bear with me all right, this is um, part two of my <laughs> feedback for Why the Last Man. 
Okay, so we we're talking about Kimberly, I think, in my part one. So hopefully that's true. So, um, yes, her suspicion about Yorick, uh, being about her mom seeing Yorick, which makes it gives the impression that because you know, when we first, well, at least when I first saw the scene with Marley and Yurik and she didn't seem to recognize him like oh okay she didn't recognize him and you know she seems like she's not always there or with it and so when uh, Jennifer was like explaining oh yeah you're just seeing things it's nothing and, I mean I really thought that I mean she was okay with that or I mean she wasn't okay okay but like okay yeah that's possible but nope, she was like, nah, she's, I mean, so I guess I know where Kimberly gets it from. So no, she, you can't play her for a fool. <laughs> so <laughs> It's like, no, no, no. And so I think she just had to go look at it. Maybe she went to look at a picture or something that like, who is that guy? Because I know that she hasn't had recent contact with um, Yurik. And maybe that's why she didn't recognize him initially. But she probably, that's probably what she did to see but yeah, I really like her like capturing flies. I'm like, uh, yeah, she's lost her marbles. But I guess she has moments where she's got clarity because whatever she told Kimberly um, propelled, uh, compelled Kimberly to go to Jennifer and make that speech that she did. So that's going to be interesting going forward. And then I think I talked about Beth a little bit in the last one. Um I'm very curious, like, where where did she go? Like, did she actually end up going to Australia? And I'm like, did she make it if she went? Because didn't the catastrophe, you know, the pandemic or whatever you want to call it, um, happen the, the, the next day? And she left that night. And so she wouldn't have been able to make it to Australia uh, by the time uh, everything happened, unless she had female pilots <laughs> so unlike the poor people that didn't have uh, female pilots and the plane crash and she was able to make it to um australia because i'm like where did she that's again where did she go she obviously and then i'm like why did yurik not know that she left like didn't she pack then you pack her stuff like was her suitcase still there was she, so that was kind of confusing that part like why would you not know where she's at if y'all live together? Um, unless, again, she didn't go to Australia. But, again, where is she? Um, so, I don't know. Uh, did she not come back at night? So many unanswered questions in that regard. But, yeah, she she definitely was like, she's not about that life. When it came to Yurik, like, you're good to have fun with, but now you're trying to, you're talking serious stuff, and I'm not trying to hear it. So, um, that's, of course, you know, again, he's on another level with how he feels about her. He's, like, spray painting her name all over the place, and, you know, he can't stop thinking about her. It's like, wow, it just, he just seems, it just seems a lot more deeper for him than for her but again I only saw her for what I seen so I don't I mean but that's the impression I got from what she was saying and how she was acting she was just so flippant like oh yeah do that no I mean you can come visit like uh no I want to meet people (laughs) like can't have you you know (laughs) 
weighing me down with your whatever, with your your non ambition self or your non your jobless self. Like yeah, like profession did you say professional fiance or did she? Anyway, um so yeah, that was interesting. I think those are all the characters that stood out to me that I wanted to highlight. Um yes. I am definitely looking forward to how this all plays out. Um, you gave some interesting hints that have me more excited about the future episodes. I'm very looking look. I'm very excited, looking forward to uh, three Agent Three Five Five and Yurik. You know, finding this uh, Doctor Man person and the geneticist to see why they survive. Why him and Amp survive? Like, what was it about them that? they were immune so i mean that's definitely going to be important for i mean obvious reasons so um and i know that (laughs) i'm glad i didn't show this but i will say this did cross my mind you know like because again i just can't imagine uh, as a mother of three boys you know just waking up one day and them being gone but then i'm like thinking what if i they were babies what if I was pregnant with them when this happened? You know, it's like, so it just kept, I just kept going down this dark rabbit hole of, you know, like, I can't imagine the women that went through that in, you know, in this situation, like the babies and the, I mean, let alone the kids and all that stuff, but the, the ones that are still carrying male children. So the miscarriages that had to have or stillborns. Uh, it's just, oh, it's just, just unbelievable, unimaginable. But anyway, um, I think that's all I have. I, I can't think of anything I wanted to highlight for this, these three episodes. Yeah, all the blood and stuff grossed me out, but yeah, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't to, that serious for me, uh, I must say. So, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that because now I'm just trying to, I'm rambling, trying to think of something because I feel like I'm going to forget something, but it is what it is. So until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, Shy. End of part two. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. So just a few things. The last part, like Kim definitely feels lost is quantified. And she already places herself in the hierarchy of loss. I lost two boys. I lost two children. I lost my whole entire family. Being wiped out, kind of what you stated. Her same situation. So she's already planning on separating people. And this is something that inevitably, I think that the human species tends to do, right? You don't have men anywhere in the world. So what does the what do the women do? Are they going to have the same issues? Probably, yeah. Because you can see the divides happening between the haves and the have-nots. Even the situation with Nora. I think her... She may be opposite of the Kim situation where Kim's fighting to maintain her position before the world change. You have Nora being put in this position of the world changing is she going to evolve and you know she was just relying on a certain level of her privilege in life and now she doesn't have that and you can see people are banding together based on what value you bring or what resources you bring 
So this is only in the what? Second month? <laughs> I didn't count how many weeks that went by. Uh, where is Beth? Mildly interesting. Can't talk about that at all. She said she went to Grey Papers. That's the last thing she said. I think that Kim is definitely in denial regarding her mother. But she still respects her a great deal. So to see her fall is to mean that she is somehow weak. And she won't allow that. But she is mentally not okay. And Hero, she does feel as if she is self-destructive both emotionally and physically. And she was like that before the world changed. By even getting in a relationship with a man that's married and won't treat you right. You know he ain't never leaving. <laughs> so... With the drugs and the, the alcohol abuse, I think that she was on a very, very destructive, self-loathing type of pathway. And it's interesting to see what and how her and Sam's relationship and how they navigate this new world together. So yeah, I can't wait until the next episode. I'm going to love this series. <laughs> I know I am because it's just a really good series. If you've not read the comics, I suggest if you can get them at the library to, to go ahead and check that out. Like I said, it's not a very long read. It may take you about maybe four hours, but not a quick read. But if you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackoutcouch.gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. I'm out. Have a good one. Peace, hair grease, blacker magic. <laughs>